Welcome to From Nothing to Profit, a photographer's podcast with Matt and Kaya, where each week they talk to photographers about what is working in their business now so you can swipe those ideas and grow your business faster. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of From Nothing to Profit. So today we have a guest that I have never talked to before. I don't know if you figured out on here, but this is my way of making new friends. And Emil Rodriguez Powell is someone who I have been following on social media and really been intrigued by her view of life and her photography is amazing. So Emil, welcome to the podcast. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to have you on because I did not know you are, uh, you host another podcast or are a part of another podcast. Is that right? Yes, I am recently, recently added to the lineup. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. Cause I was like, how did I not know about this? I, I'm stalking Emil. I don't know what's going on. So <laughs> yeah, it's literally been a month since I was added to the certified madness podcast with uh, Jolene Dombrowski and Brittany Cluse and Holly True. Okay. Well, very good. Well, we will uh, link that in the show notes so people can check out that podcast as well. Awesome. And I'm assuming you're comfortable being on a podcast. You sound like it already. So <laughs> I am. I am. <laughs> very good. So tell us, I have been following your Instagram, which is uh, slice of lime, which I figured out later. Lime is a meal backwards. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. And I love when people figure that out before I like point it out to them. Yeah. You're like, come on, look at my name. <laughs> yeah. Cause usually when I point it out, people are like mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fun. So uh, tell me about your photography journey. Oh my goodness. So slice of lime. Oh, go ahead. No, no. Well, did you start in another career or is photography what you've done all along? Oh no. I started, I was a social worker in the child welfare world, adoption Mm -hmm. and foster care for, I always get this tripped up either 15 or 16 years um, until I finally left in 2017 to pursue slice of lime full time. So Slice turns 10 this coming November. So I was juggling two full-time jobs basically um, for seven years before I finally took the plunge to, uh, you know, go full-time with Slice of Lime. There was a lot of fear of like living that freelance life and being solely responsible for everything associated with my business. So I waited till I had a very nice goose egg sitting in that bank account before I took the plunge. Um, And yeah, that's what I, I mean, that's what I was doing for seven years and it just got to be a little too much that um, I had to make that decision. And, you know, the world of social work, especially when you're working with child welfare and children that are very traumatized takes its toll on you. And I had kind of hung on probably three years too long past my burnout stage before um, I took a trip to the desert with some photographer friends. And there was just uh, something that clicked on that trip that I knew I just had to, you know, make the leap and see if I could, you know, do the full-time photography thing. That's exciting. So I think I've followed you then all along since you've oh, been wow. full-time. Yeah, I think. I'm not sure. But uh, so uh, my sister-in-law was worked in child welfare and social work, and she had to switch oh. out of it after that. You, you know, I, I definitely could see it 
t- just being something really difficult to be. Oh my in. God. It takes its toll. It takes its toll. Yep. Yeah. So you are, are you, uh, mainly high school seniors then? Yes. At this point. So some crazy person, AKA me and two of my (laughs) photographer friends actually decided to open a second business two years ago. So slice of lime through slice of lime, I focus a hundred percent on seniors, um, hoping to launch another, uh, aspect of the business with slice in the next year or so, uh, just focusing on teens as well, like adding a tween mm-hmm. program since I know that's hot. Um, and then besides the seniors, then through my other business source creative house, we have a studio that we rent out, um, to creatives. And then we also specialize in branding imagery and headshots through that. So, oh wow. Yeah. 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 So I've phased families out of my out of my business totally, except for the one way that I stay connected to my uh, child welfare roots is I still um, do photography for the statewide adoption network. So I'll do uh, recruitment photos for local adoption agencies and also when they reach out, um, do some trainings on how to get better pictures of children before you connect with a professional. And um, also sometimes family uh, agencies want to host mini photo shoot sessions for their adoptive families. So I've done that as well. That's really neat. That's a great way to use photography. I I don't go on the adoption sites and look because I know that my house would be even more full. <laughs> oh, that, that, oh my yeah. goodness. <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's that's really neat. So you're doing uh, branding then that that is interesting. So how is that business going? Oh, my God, we barely really got things going before the pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. Um, So with the three of us, we had these delusions um, that we all have these well established brands and we're going to open this new brand and it's just going to hit the ground running and we're going to be so booked. And that is not what happened. Mm, (laughs) Um, We were no, not at all. And um, with how busy our businesses became for me last year was my biggest year. So I know some people, depending on where they're at, they really struggled with business last year. But for me last year, it was my biggest year in all the years I've been in existence. Um, so I had very little time to pour into the other uh, business. So we definitely did not um, meet our goals as we had anticipated. But this year are being more intentional of really changing up our systems within our individual businesses, uh, outsourcing things that we're at a point we're ready to outsource so that we can make time for source um, and help develop that a lot more. So it's been slow going, even though there's three of us, um, it's been slow going just dealing with all the stuff from last year because the two, my two business partners, their main, um, the main part of their businesses are weddings. So you can oh, okay. imagine <laughs> the havoc that last year, yes. uh, you know, created in their businesses. And so even though they were freed up more, it was just the way that things uh, played out was very different. They both have children. So, you know, childcare and schooling, their children took up a lot of more time because of everything going on. So um this year, hopefully we get that up and going a bit more, um, but it's definitely um, been eye-opening that just because you already have a successful business going doesn't mean that, you know, opening a new business is going to 
you're going to ride the coattails of the success from your other businesses. So, Well, yeah. And I've found too, when I, you know, launch a new product line or something mm-hmm. that's really different, that's not, not that connected. And I don't already yep. have people lined out. You, there's so much education that you have to oh do with God. it. Yeah. Yep, I yeah. agree. I agree. Yeah, and definitely. learning to really differentiate the brands, like we, one of the things I talk about a lot when I've done educational things is really finding your brand voice and that target client. And we had a meeting the other day and I was like, guys, that's like the biggest fail we've got right now. We don't know mm-hmm. who we are. We haven't identified who our target client is. So how the heck can we attract more of what we want when we don't know what we want yet. So yeah. 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 Isn't that funny when you are selling something and you're not doing it yourself? Exactly. (laughs) Oh my goodness. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. It was like that meeting. I was just like, had the most quizzical look on my face and I'm like, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. We are oh committing the, the normal, the normal sin that everyone does when they're starting something new. Of course we're not, we're definitely not immune to it. Yeah, sure. absolutely. So, so let's, uh, what is the name of that new business that you're doing or, or what do you have an Instagram for it? Or Yeah. Yeah. So we have our, because it's a two prong business, we've got uh-huh. the rental of our space, uh, source. The space is our studio account. Um, okay. And then Source Creative House is the, um, I want to say like the the actual legal name of the business and where we do all the photography through. Okay. Okay. Great. Uh, so uh, then with your back to your high school seniors, I've yeah. noticed that you uh, like ha- you have them come in and mm-hmm. get, tell me if I'm wrong and do a consultation and they try on clothes of yours and they bring their own clothes and then you plan your session. Is that right? That is a hundred percent right. That's exactly how I set it up. Um, When I started Slice, like one of the things that was super important to me was that I feel like fashion sometimes gets the rap that it's superficial and doesn't have much substance. So I really wanted to make it a point to use fashion in my business to empower girls to like feel and look their best. So even when I didn't have a physical studio, like it was important to me at some point to start building a closet so that girls had things to pull from. Um, for their sessions. And I always committed from the beginning to always have a consult because one of the foundational pieces of my business is that client connection. Um, Mm -hmm. So meeting with them before their session is such an important piece to me because I don't want them to go from, Hey, Emil, how you doing to me? Like picking up a camera and shoving it in their face without us having a chance to build rapport first. That's really neat. And so do you go, like, do you buy new things every year or do you reuse things or how does that work? I am a huge vintage clothing lover. So Mm -hmm. my closet, um, fun fact, the studio that we are in right now used to be called Checkered Past. It was a vintage clothing store. So when we came to check out the space, it was filled to the gills with all the clothing from when they closed the store down. So I, these people, oh my God, I always like joke whenever we see them, are you sure you don't want 
to adopt us because they're just like the raddest people and our landlords. And they let me keep so many clothing items that were there. Um, I already had some vintage pieces. And so I have a mix of like trendier things that I'll purchase here and there. Um, And then I have a whole bunch of vintage pieces as well. And as more girls, as Slice continues to grow, I'll have past clients be like, hey, I've bought this for my session and I'm using it. And they just give me clothes sometimes as well. Oh, fun. Yeah. 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 So it's a mix of a little bit of everything. Like um, last year, I will say I went a little ridiculously overboard with adding pieces to the closet. Um, So this year I'm just like, okay, I need to not, you know, spend as much on the closet. But um, I did identify in the last year that I really need to diversify the sizes I have in the closet. Um, so I have some like lar- larges and some extra large pieces. A lot of the pieces landed in the closet because either I purchased them for styled shoots or, um, you know, you hit the ASO sale and they only have like these misfit sizes left and they tend to be smaller. So, mm-hmm. uh, last year I had, you know, a whole variety of clients and I just felt like I was punched in the gut when those girls would be digging through the closet and things were too tight or didn't fit. And just knowing that I struggle with that when I shop, cause I am not a small girl. I just was like, what are you doing? So that is like huge goal for me this year to really diversify the sizing. Cause I just hate making somebody feel like they don't have access the same access as the, as the smaller girls. So that to me is super important. Yeah. Well, that's so hard. I think with vintage because, you know, vintage is, you know, a, a a large and vintage is an extra small (laughs) a lot of times now. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, let's talk about diversity because, uh, I, you know, when I, everything that's gone on in this last year, Mm -hmm. we've had so many discussions in our home and, you know, in our business about diversity. And I know you've, uh, I've watched what you've posted and shared, but as a photographer, I'd love for you to speak on it a little bit. And then I have a couple questions too. Oh my goodness. Let me, let me gather. (laughs) Yeah. From from a photographer standpoint, not necessarily just from a, you know, every, every day, every person, but yeah. Um, from a photographer's standpoint, it's, it's crazy, like how to the forefront, obviously everything came last year because of all the issues going on, you know, the George Floyd incident and all the protests. And it was like, I felt it was past due that, uh, you know, photography has this coming to Jesus moment as well about the lack of diversity that exists in our, in our field. And Before I even go any further into that, I am a Hispanic woman and I identify as like a woman of color and I am, it is so glaringly obvious to me how much diversity is lacking in my own portfolio. Um, Mm, I've had a conversation so many times with other um, business uh, business owners of color. Um, I remember very clearly just a few weeks ago, I photographed um, an African-American business owner and we had a whole conversation about that. Like how frustrating it is when you're running a luxury brand and you can see where you're failing to connect with your, your, own, I always say my own people, our own people, and yeah. we can't freaking figure out what the obstacles are to getting them in the door. 
Um, I've had the conversation too with a luxury boutique uh, owner as well, who's also Hispanic. Like, you know, we talked about those things, but can't freaking pinpoint what it is that the obstacle is. And, you know, yes, I am a woman of color, but that doesn't mean that when I photograph a black client or a client with different skin tones, then our presets are all made for that automatically I have, a, you know, an edit for a person of color nailed down. I still struggle with that. I seek out education on that to make sure that um, I am able to edit for a variety of skin tones. But I know that's an area that because I don't get to photograph um, clients of color as often that I'm always looking to improve. Um, and I think, you know, it was such a hot topic and I know it got so heated in some groups and stuff over the last year, but I think even though I'm not a social worker anymore, that social work mentality is so great yes. to me that you can't fix things if you can't acknowledge there's an issue. Like it wouldn't matter to me if I was, I, I can't say that. I was going to say it wouldn't matter to me if I was white and realized that I'm lacking diversity because I can't, you know, really say that for sure because I'm not in that position but a lot of my friends realized you know when all these things were happening holy crap I really I really am lacking diversity in my portfolio so I think it was great um, that all these conversations were being had because you know there is no one size fits all when it comes to um, oh my gosh to editing and just trying to diversify and the resistance that I just saw in some conversations from people and not just in the senior photography community, but across many different, um, you know, photography communities just surprised me because it's like, Hey man, if it's lacking, it's lacking. You can't like talk your way out of saying, Hey, I don't have diversity in my portfolio. Um, so it was a very interesting year last year, kind of seeing, uh, where people stand on all those things. So he, so here's some questions that I have with it. Uh, mm -hmm. So he, this is kind of funny, but I thought a long time ago, I've been a photographer, professional photographer for 25 years. And so a mm -hmm. long time ago, we did a job for a golf club and we photographed the people uh, that, that owned the golf club. And so it was a, you know, an all white blonde family. Mm -hmm. And then they told us that they couldn't use the imagery because they needed diversity. Like there was some rule or something like that, that they needed diversity in their advertisement. Huh. And so I, in my head, I thought that if you didn't, that you had to have diversity in your advertisement or you'd get in trouble. Huh. And so I know, I don't know why. And so, um, and, and my husband and I worked uh, in the, we lived in the inner city of Kansas city. Um, he's a, a pastor. And so we worked with kids that lived in the projects and uh, would like bust them and have like, um, they would come all to uh, the little tiny church and we'd have after school programs and all different types of things. So we've worked, you know, in a very diverse mm -hmm. and lived in a very diverse um areas. And so I, it's just always been something that's on my mind. And so I would always like try to make sure that all my advertisement had a variety of different skin tones. <laughs> I love that. I love yeah. That. Yeah. But I literally did think it was a rule. And so when everyone started having these, like, you know, my portfolio isn't diverse, I was like, oh, well, I thought you had, I, I thought you had to. And so 
not that my, uh, my clientele is diverse, but, but I've always tried to like, you know, make sure there's some, you know, like I just, you would know different people and try to bring them in. But so here's my question, because I always, you know, like people have been bringing up the issue, like the issue of not having a diverse uh, portfolio, the issue of not, there just not being a diversity in the photography, portrait photography industry of, you know, who the photographers are. Mm -hmm. So what, what are the, like, how can we change that? What are, what are some things that you're doing to change that? Oh my goodness. Um, oh, I, I wish that I had like the magic wand <laughs> that would uh -huh. be like the instant fix for me. I definitely, um, reached out to models of color like I did only have literally one I'm right. really thinking in my head right now one um African-American senior last year and um I reached out I was lacking in uh oh my gosh lacking in just people of color period in my portfolio which like mm -hmm. I had mentioned a second ago like so yeah. embarrassing to me as a person of color that I didn't have you know more diversity in that so I reached out to people specifically to shoot them and we did trade, um, you know, to make sure that I had more diversity in my um, portfolio. I can't say with any like certainty that I have figured out how to um, fix or the gap of the lack of diversity in my clientele um, because I live in a very diverse area um, and I feel like I still have to do a lot of research and maybe talk to people um, that will help me identify some of those things because I, for the life of me, can't figure it out. I don't know what it is. It's not, uh, it makes me cringe when people say, oh, I'm expensive. People of color have money to spend. <laughs> so that right, to me right, like yeah. infuriates me when people make those things. I could not tell you, Kaya, uh, Kaya why I don't have more clients of color. Um, that's something that is a continued issue for me that I need to dig deeper into to figure out what it is. Um, so I, I'm not even going to pretend I have a solution for that aspect. Um, I'm just doing what I can to showcase more uh, diversity in what I'm posting and what I'm shooting so that hopefully people see themselves represented because I know that is a huge issue. If you're not seeing yourself represented, how the heck do you know that you can even edit, you know, the right skin tone, you know? Right. So, oh yeah. Yeah. So that's a big yeah. one. As for the industry, um, <laughs> how much time do we have? Um, <laughs> well, so wait, let me, let me say the things that I've done for that. Just so yes, I'd love to hear it. Yeah. Well, I think one, one of the things that I really looked at immediately after this whole conversation okay. was, you know, what is the breakdown of the different, you know, in my area, like mm -hmm. where, what do we have? And it's amazing. We, we, uh, like my area of Kansas city is like 10% Asian, 5% black. Like it is very, very Caucasian. And so, uh, so I try to make sure that in my top nine, I have someone of color okay. <laughs> of some sort of color is what I'm, I just, that's why that's my rule. So I can make sure that I'm trying to make something happen there. Okay. But, uh, but the other thing is, is showing, and I, I guess I think sometimes people just need 
something like specific, you know, like you're saying, you're trying to make sure that you're showing it in your social media. And so I was like, what's the percentage of my area? So I can at least do that because I don't, I do have clients of all different color, but not very many, but that's, Mm -hmm. that's, that's definitely because my area doesn't, you know, it's, it's pretty much the same percentage of the area. But um, I think the next question is, you know, do you reach out and give free sessions or trade or something like that Mm -hmm. so you can have diversity? And I think the answer to that is absolutely, you know, because you want, you know, I do the same thing if I, you know, don't have a redhead or, you know, I'm always like, what can I shoot that's a little bit different or that type of thing? And so, um, so I think it's good to reach out and try to make your portfolio more diverse and, and, and do free sessions so that you can. So, yeah. And I think it also will just take time too. Absolutely. Once you start showing those images, those kids are probably freshmen that are going to be the ones that make a decision to come to you. So. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that because with me, (laughs) I always get impatient. Yeah. (laughs) Like we said, even though we, we've been in business a while and I just like always forget when I want things to happen quickly that just like everything else, you have to put the foundational work in first to then see the fruits of that labor if you, you know, a year or two later. So yeah, yeah, for sure. (laughs) So, okay. (laughs) Yes. So let's talk about the industry then. What, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Oh my goodness. My thoughts on that are like, there are so many talented photographers of color. So really, there should never be a panel. There should never be a conference. There should never be any educational thing happening that doesn't include people of color, that doesn't include speakers of color on the panel. Because again, same thing. If you're not seeing yourself represented, you're not going to attract more of, you know, more of what you're hoping to attract, which in this case is photographers of color. Um, the biggest thing that I feel like the industry falls short on education wise is how to edit different skin tones. That is like such a challenge, such a challenge. And it's not, I don't think I've seen a panel and it's not like I know every single educational thing happening out there, but the circles that I follow or the accounts that I follow very rarely, if ever, have I seen advertising for a breakout session or a class on editing different varying skin tones as far as people of color. Well, there you go. That's your next clubhouse or (laughs) having that discussion. Yeah, Yeah, that is interesting. I, you know, one of the things, because I've, my family had a, uh, a convention for photographers uh for like 10 years we did it was called senior portrait artists and so we would have like 500 people there at a time it was a big thing but the people that we would ask to speak were people that we were friends with you know and or people that we'd seen or you know that type of thing Mm -hmm. and so that you know when you're that circle of people and so when I was starting to do the podcast uh Mm -hmm. I've been doing it for about two and a half years when I was trying to make it diverse because I thought it was a rule, but also because I wanted to, you know, know that, you know, see different people, yeah. I would ask people that I knew that of color and they would turn me down. So yeah. I literally had to, I, the people that I, and I had very few, but I had a few people on 
that um, I, I've like followed them around and forced them to be on it. And, uh, and so I was, I, I was questioning myself, like, why don't I know more people? Why aren't there more yeah. people out there? And so yeah. in some of those forums that you were referring to where there were like big discussions, people were going back yeah. and forth. I actually went and followed all the people of color on those on those um, discussions because I thought, okay, there are people that want to be in on this discussion. There are people that want to be yeah. out there. And so I've made my feed more diverse so that I can become friends, you know, get to know these people, see what they're what they're doing and that type of thing. So that's something as far as you know, if you're not someone of color, you don't know a lot of people, there are ways to seek people out and follow them and just within the industry. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. And the biggest thing too, that I feel sometimes photographers get, uh, paint themselves into corners by only looking at people within their specific niche. Like mm -hmm. there are so many talented photographers of color across so many different, um, genres that yes and now that clubhouse is a thing too like there's so many groups where you can hop on and just hear from fashion photographers in the industry that are of color and um i forget what clubhouse i was on that um oh my gosh now of course i'm like drawing blanks on names but they're the female photographer of color that photographed tyra banks for sports oh yeah she was in like she just hopped on and I'm like oh my god and got to listen to her speak so I think people have to be willing to open up those circles of uh of what they're comfortable with to really connect with people who are different from them because otherwise you know you're not going to build the trust or establish trust that it's gonna you know make people want to connect with you so I love hearing that you like made it a point to connect with with photographers, uh, the ways that you have, um, there's just when I know sometimes people are like, uh, try to tone police and all that when, you know, photographers of color, like express frustration and things like that. But when you're not represented and you, or you've been underrepresented for so long, like it's going to take time to build trust, to get people to want to come speak at your conference or feel like, that it's worth it for them to come speak at, at your conference and things like that. So yeah. 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 It's, it's the key point is to acknowledging, like I said earlier, that there is an issue and then taking the steps to correct it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Well, this has been awesome to talk. I, I love, I knew that you would be comfortable to address things. It makes so much more sense now that you've had a background in social work. I'm like, oh, that girl, she knows how to talk about anything. Um, so uh, what message do you want to give our listeners as photographers? Oh, my goodness. I feel like don't rush the process. And I guess this is speaking to myself, too. <laughs> Mm -hmm. don't don't rush the process like if you are starting out of course there's always room for growth but I guess I'm going to target more the those veterans out there the growing never stops like um I could rattle off to you about 15 things that I could probably improve myself right now yeah, so yeah. being being a creative is only a small part of it when you decide to make this your uh 
business and that this is for me, it's a business, but it's also, I feel it's my purpose um, to connect with teenagers during this time of their life. And I take, I always like talk about how photography to me is so much more than just the snap of the, the shutter because I truly live that out in how I interact with my clients and how I portray myself on social media and in business. Like I'm authentic to who I am across all those channels so that it makes it easy to uh, infuse my business with my purpose, which is again, to connect with, with teens and all that. But another one of the foundational aspects of my business is growth. So for me, really, when you're in business of any sort, there always has to be room for growth, whether you acknowledge it or not, it still needs to be there or you're going to kind of stall out um, in your business. So it's important that you're always seeking, you know, new ways to do things or what you're doing with this podcast, which is bringing people in with different viewpoints or different uh, life experiences that can add to the awesomeness that you already have going. So to everybody that may be listening, the growing really never stops. So you have to be committed to to growing as a person because then that's going to also infuse, be infused into your business. That's awesome. Well, thank you, Emil, for being on today. And uh, we'll put, yeah, we'll put in the show notes, the links to your Instagrams and uh, your uh, other podcasts that you are co-hosting. Is there anything, anything else that you would want people to go to, to check out? Um, other than slice of lime photo, just check out our source creative house or source the space accounts on Instagram. Um, we are, we are in the Harrisburg, Pennsylvania area. So if you're around here and you're looking for a rad space to rent, you can (laughs) hit us up at source. Um, and yeah, that's it. That is it. Well, thank you again for being on and everyone, we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to From Nothing to Profit, a photographer's podcast.